Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inspired Astrology Podcast with Lauren K. Hickman. How are you? Uh, It's been radio silence on my end for a little bit here. I am regrouping after all the things. Hinterland, this Leo season, lots of celebration, lots of outside time, just lots of shifts happening. And I just want to thank everyone that I got to connect with at Hinterland, every single person that I sat and cried and laughed with in that space under the tent, under the umbrella of kin. And I want to thank Heather Rowe for joining me this last round for the interview and for letting me just connect and collect her story, her journey into the space and place that she's creating now. So I want to thank Kin for her, them, their continued sponsorship and the way that I move through the world. I absolutely would not be doing the work that I'm doing today if it wasn't for Kin in Des Moines, Iowa. And I also want to give a huge shout out to Kay Apothecary, my continued sponsor, Andrea, and all of the witches there in Mount Vernon, Iowa. And this week, Kay was awarded Business of the Year in Mount Vernon. Um, I just want to congratulate them for keeping the business alive in 2020 and well into 2021. Um, Speaking truths that needed to be spoken, sharing with others, providing a space for authenticity and genuine human connection through the physical space in the store the offerings that are done online that are ongoing, uh, tarot connections, writing connections, numerology connections, everything that is provided there. So if you wanted to connect with Kay, you can do that at Kay Apothecary online. Such a welcoming and inviting space. Uh, I am so appreciative that Mount Vernon honors and supports such an incredible business. Um, natural, local, conscious as fuck. (laughs) So enhance your metaphysical practice with their natural products. They have local wares, a socially conscious mission to celebrate the magical energy surrounding each and every one of us. So you can shop their creations online, check them out on Instagram. Um, They have an amazing physical, actual physical mailer that you can get in the mail. So just wanted to um, remind y'all that K Apothecary is one of the reasons that I'm able to put this podcast out. Uh, I was doing it every week. Now it seems like new moons and full moons are where it's at for me on my level of energy right now. And I hope that you're taking care and protecting your energy. That's a huge deal. This has been an exciting season. We have an Aquarius full moon drop in this weekend. The sun in Leo is conjunct with the star Regulus, which is in the Leo constellation. And of course, full moons are culmination points where we meet up at this largest energy. And with the Leo season being so emphasized with the two full moons in Aquarius, uh, that's kind of what I'm I'm wanting to tap into today as I check in with this chart and check in with you emotionally. What are you doing? You doing okay? I think power is going to be one of the major themes in this full moon and where we're taking this. And uh, I'd love to, to 
take you through a meditation briefly, something that has been stirring uh, in this last month of Leo energy as we follow up and complete the season. So if you want to find your seat, if you're driving, please pause and come back to this or fast forward ahead to the full moon report. Um, But I feel like grounding ourselves is so important when working with this fire and air energy, which there is a lot of. And we're heading into Virgo season, so let's drop into the physical forms. We can connect in with our hands. So taking a moment to close your eyes and feel your seat. Maybe lay down if that feels even more centering and supportive to your physical body. And this idea of finding your seat is more about your mind than it is your physical experience. You know, taking your seat at the center of your consciousness, your conscious self, centering yourself in your presence. So as we take a deep breath in to connect with this external air, that connective point, the communication point, the etheric space surrounding us. We're drawing in the energy of our surroundings, tapping into something larger than ourselves as we breathe in, drawing into the space of the physical form, the physical lungs, and see how far you can stretch into that space. So take a deep breath in. Take a sip at the top, fill up. Exhaling all the breath out, empty, empty, empty. And press until you can't press anymore into the hollow of the lungs. Fill back up, breathing in. Take a sip at the top, fill up. And exhaling all the breath out, get super hollow. As you fill up and extend into the next moment, this next breath, we're going to connect in with the energy of the spine, the support system, the nervous system, this connective skeletal structure, you know, thinking of your body and how the spine connects top to bottom, neck to head, ribs protecting heart. And as you draw the next breath up, imagine that a line of light is floating from the base of the spine, the sacrum, all the way up the back body, through the spinal column, through the crown of the head, imagining it just pulling you up, aligning you, drawing you up further, taking a breath in to follow this energy up the cord of light, and imagining a star, luminescence, just floating there suspended just four or eight feet above you. Feeling that presence of your divine spark that plugs into all that is. That term monad, the highest vibration of divine source available to us in this physical world and the soul self, the soul star plugging into that energy above connecting you into an infinite version of self that moves well beyond the physical barriers of your body. And as we take a next breath in, we're going to draw into the self through 
the heart, pulling that soul star with the breath into the center of the chest. And so we're drawing in, inviting in this infinite self and source into the center of the chest, the heart, breathing in. And connecting now with the heart space. The heart being so important to the energy of Leo season, this place that we lead from, where we connect to others with, where we connect and allow ourselves to be seen. To be seen is crucial to our thriving as beings. We're told early on in life that attention, that the need for attention, that craving attention is negative. It's the things that we do in seeking attention that can create impact on our energy, on others' energies, as we will to will our will to receive awareness, attention, connection, affirmation of our being. When we don't feel seen, we seek out, we crave. We crave for others. We crave to be seen in some capacity. So as you touch your heart space, as we connect in with this infinite part of yourself, not only in the invitation of the soul star into the center of your being, but we're connecting in with this heart thread that draws us back to the presence of our child selves, of our infant selves, of our embryonic self. The heart being this dividing force that divides again, a cell into two, two into four, the four chambers of the heart, pumping and purifying and detoxifying and alerting us when we're excited, reminding us of our emotional self when it speeds up when we see someone we love, when it speeds up when we feel anxious or Concern. It invites our attention back to the body to pay attention. What is it that we are feeling in this space and time? So take a moment to touch the heart. Maybe greet the heart energy with a smile. Maybe a sense of gratitude. Don't forget, this is your pulse, your vibration, your frequency. So tap into that energy in the here and now. Tap into that breath, drawing in the awareness, the light, the source outside of you, pulling that into the heart space and allowing a reignition of this hearth, this fire inside of you as you expand the heart into a larger space, allowing it to take up room. This chest space where we receive our hugs, where we are seen and where we receive and acknowledge others. That is the beauty, right? That is the real authentic version of Leo when we receive and when we are received generously, unconditionally. So as we release this season, we're trying to integrate the information that comes through the heart. And as you take a deep breath in to fill up, I allow myself to be seen Exhaling, 
through the arms, the elbows, the wrists and fingertips. I allow myself to be shared. I share myself with the world. Breathing out, imagining the fingers, the etheric tendrils of your energy makeup pouring out through the hands, through the limbs. And as you inhale, imagining drawing in and connecting in with the ethers surrounding us, those who support us, truly support us. Those friends, lucky enough if you have family members, loved ones who cherish you, who nurture you, who unconditionally love and support your journey and who see you. So we're inviting the infinite realm of that love attention from others, guiding that in through the hands, the elbows, back into the heart, breathing in. I receive my many blessings. And exhaling, I allow myself to be shared. And I receive the attention that I need to thrive. Receive those blessings. Allow that energy, that connection between yourself and other. I am. I am that. Receiving that within your body like honey flowing through all of your limbs and vessels. The heart energy pumping through every pore in your body. Your nourishment. And as we breathe into the throat space, we're allowing more space to come in, imagining that universal energy can enter through the sides of the neck. So I'd love for you to connect in with your child imagination and imagine yourself having fish gills on the sides of your neck. Breathing in through the sides of the neck, we're going to receive energy from outside. So just listen. You can focus on my voice for the time being or the sounds in your immediate surroundings. We're just connecting in with that energy of surrounding and space and there's so much room for you. So imagine you can breathe in through the ears and the sides of the neck drawing in to yourself, breathing in. And as you exhale, just pour yourself out of your body in a way. Fill up the room that you're in, the space that you're in, wherever you are, just allowing yourself to flood and pour over and move through like mist pouring over the edges of your surroundings. And as you draw in through the sides of the neck and the ears, the breath, the nostrils, the mouth, however you're receiving all of this space and energy, drawing in through the self, pulling in, filling up, Next, exhale, imagining yourself just bursting out of the space containing you. Imagine yourself like Alice in Wonderland, filling up to 50 feet tall, just looking over the surrounding neighborhoods or buildings or spaces, rural areas, however you can visualize this inside of yourself. Imagining yourself getting very big, taking up so much space. And imagine a sense of grounding, whether that's through the imagining your feet on the ground or your body laid out in space. Feel that sense of support from the earth. The earth supports you. 
And as you breathe in and through the sides of the neck and the ears, imagining all the space and surroundings, being able to consume all of that room for yourself. And close your eyes and see the cosmos, see the vast expanse of this natural world and the things we can't see, the things beyond our sensation. And say to your heart, I belong here. As any bird or rock or tree or deer or creature, any plant, any seed, I belong here on this earth. I can take up space. Imagine yourself gathering with these large etheric arms of yours, drawing in the energy and space and vastness into the self and, and exchange the little self with the big self and the big world. And as you draw in this awareness, draw into the center of your mind, drawing all of this large energy and concentrating it like a seed, drawing it in through the mindscape into the center of your awareness. The concentration of the large self, of the belonging self, the infinite self into the center of your mind. And next, if you'll breathe with me through the nostrils into the center of the mind, you can imagine as if there were straws sticking out through your nose. And we're trying to bring space into the center of your mind so breathing in through the brow center right between the eyebrows of the nose bridge drawing in exhaling through the temples breathe in through the temples out through the brow center in through the brow out through the crown of your head Breathe in through the crown and out through the brow center. Just feel, feel your body come back to the center of your awareness. Thank you for joining me in this meditation, in the sense of belonging. Thank you for joining me in that. So as we shift gears, um, you know, that, that sense of attention that comes with the Leo flair for the dramatic, all of those things, you know, we're, we're sort of exiting that season of the sun it's time to get back to work. And we'll talk more about Virgo soon as we have a couple of, uh, personal planets, as they say, we have Mars and Mercury in Virgo currently. Time to get back to work, time to refocus our attention on what is truly important. That's not to say that attention and play and joy and feeling our hearts is not important, but this redirection of energy is going to be shifting our attention as we move past this full moon and connect with our personal power. And from where I stand, the sun in Leo conjunct with the star Regulus, uh, which is part of the Leo constellation, as I said, um, this is an emphasis on personal power. 
and right use of personal power. And where it is placed um, is in the seat of the subconscious, maybe not knowing that you have power, forgetting that you have power to make choices, to have boundaries, (laughs) to blend and connect with a larger, vaster journey. Because um, the season has hosted these two full moons, the full moon in Aquarius uh, earlier this month, and then the second one at the last degree of Aquarius, uh, this, this seems really important. As a blue moon energy, the blue moon, the true blue moon, when you have two full moons within one sign, that is spectacular. It's very, very special. And uh, I'm glad that I get to to be here and to share some of my insights with you. So let's think about personal power versus group power. You know, the, the full moon in Aquarius conjoined with Jupiter in Aquarius, which is currently retrograde, offers some insight and exploration into where we are placing our attention. Are we emotionally connected in with the group conscience? The group conscience is to think of the greater good, right? And that that term is used a lot in kind of pop spirituality, new age spirituality. And and so let's, let's unpack that a little bit and think about what is best for all involved. Not just what's good for you and good for the people close to you, but truly what is best for everyone. What would benefit the whole, the greater good, and not just for our generation, but for our children's 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 children, right? For the earth and all of its inhabitants. What is the bigger picture here? The bigger picture is always a place to zoom out of. And I think that if you want to utilize part of the meditation to help you to step into that larger version of self where you have more perspective, you know, the air signs offer us a lot of, uh, what do you call it? Remote viewing potential, right? Especially with Aquarius, which is such a distant seer, right? And full moons offer us that balance point, the polarities. And I, I talked earlier this this month about um, the access of individualism, you know, the self and other, the access of identity. Who am I? And how do I fit into the, the big context of community and the bigger context of humanity outside of that? Because Aquarian is that humanitarian sign. Jupiter's placement close to the moon in Aquarius in this chart and being retrograde means that we're still learning some lessons. And uh, we're not figuring it out. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be grinding on this so much about how do we how do we pour into the, the blessings and blend into the whole picture when we keep thinking about the self and not about how our choices impact one another and not just the peoples, but all of the beings. Jupiter's placement um, is, is sitting in a, a masterful point in this chart, not just conjoined with the moon, but also in the sixth house from the placement where I am. Uh, that's Virgo's house, the house of the masters. Mentorship. 
And the word guardianship comes to mind as well in how we are guarding our own energy and also being protective of those that we care about. So that's something to think about. <laughs> there are a lot of really interesting aspects. I'm just pulling up some of my notes about this month's moon. So we have Mars and Virgo trying Uranus and Taurus. Uh, that's that could be a potentially nervous friction, but I think with an easy energy like a trine, this creates a, a synthesis of using our directed personal will to step into the, the bigger picture, right? Uranus is that big picture, expect the unexpected, the larger insight. So I feel like some personal lessons could be learned uh, with this moon, you know, in the in the the days before and leading up to. And I was thinking about this, you know, because I I have a hard time writing reports anywhere outside of a couple days before or after the full moon. Um, I think it's because I have to really step into that energy to get the the full experience. You know, you can write about swimming, but unless you've swam, swum, <laughs> swinged. Swam. <laughs> It's really hard to know what it's like. It's really difficult to describe. Um, and so this kind of, this goes beyond description for me. You know, Uranus squared to Saturn this year is one of the biggest, biggest influences of that drastic space between the way it was and where we're going. So maybe you're taking some initiative in your personal life to meet that greater vision of the self, the bigger picture, whether that's going back to school or starting some new tasks or getting grounded or eating better or whatever it is that you're doing to elicit some some growth direction. I think that Uranus might be uh, describing some insight, you know. Um, I don't know. I got to give up soy. That was a big insight this week for me. I am not kidding. Uh, it's, I, I just think that there's some humor to some of the experiences that we have because these greater universal themes also uh, boil down to our personal experiences of what needs to change. Um, so I hope that you can grasp some of that, especially with Mars conjoined with Mercury in Virgo. In Virgo. Virgi, Virgo. Uh, so Mercury is the uh, mundane ruler of Virgo's energy. There's definitely a reception between those two. And that, that makes Virgo more of a sand-like quality than of a typical earth sign that can be really uh, sturdy and stubborn. Uh, Virgo is much more adaptable. And so this, this offers some potential and adaptable viewership of the way that you're moving through your life. And um, you know, Mercury is very playful. It is the, the child. So I think that some of this Uranus, Mars, Mercury, Virgo, Taurus stuff might be uh, very creative energy coming into, into the works. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> uh, Mercury is getting pretty close to an opposition with Neptune and Pisces. And that is always going to be a creative moment where some insight or some vision or inspiration comes through. So looking forward to that coming, coming week. So Venus uh, moved into Libra. I wrote some about this this last week as it moved in on, uh, I believe, Sunday and this Venus Libra is directly trying to Saturn in Aquarius. Saturn being retrograde in Aquarius currently kind of grinding its way through uh, through the sign for the next year. And Venus and Saturn, uh, you know, those are those are challenging energies to begin with. You know, it, it depends on what uh, 
what you desire and what you're trying to build. And these being in air signs is very thinky, thinky pain kind of stuff. Venus in Libra, um, and again, it's, it's in a powerful uh, rulership sign. Venus is in Libra, and in this chart, it's in the house of resources and what we value. So this might be an evaluation of um, what you're building. What are you trying to create for yourself? I know these are pretty broad themes. I wish I could get more specific, but, you know, this is a large audience that I'm speaking to. So I think, you know, when Venus is in its home sign and in, in its home house, right, second house Taurus, it gives us an opportunity to figure out, you know, how are we valuing ourselves? What are we valuing? Um, how do we create self-worth in our experience? You know, sometimes that's about boundaries. There's a Saturn activity for you. Who are you letting in that is not respecting you or makes you feel like shit? You know, sometimes boundaries is being like, no, I don't need that person in my life anymore. And then how you handle that, you know, that's a very graceful opportunity as well. You know, considering what types of movements that we want to make in the world and how we are, um, how are we handling our relationships? You know, are you, are you doing it in right relationship? Are you communicating to another person how they've impacted you in a loving way after you've thought about it for a while? There's some Libra diplomacy for you. Yeah, so uh, I wrote some about, you know, how we consider relationships and how we're working with them, right? All right, what else we got going on? So the moon conjunct Jupiter. Wow, this could be, this could be a cry day or it could be a big thinking day. Uh, Jupiter is about expanding our uh, anything, anything that it touches. So, you know, if you have moon in Aquarius, this could create some zany senses of humor. It might be the desire to connect with other people, uh, reaching out to those in your distance, com- distant community, doing acts of service, right? The world server is the Aquarian identity. Um, so I think that, you know, Jupiter being uh, attributed to the sign of the masters might offer some opportunities to be of service to others. Um, you know, this, you got some time, right? You can, you can work with this a little bit, uh, to connect in with that idea of how can I be useful and benefit my community on a greater level. Is there something that you've been thinking about doing? Maybe, maybe take a step, see how it feels. You know, you can always back out, (laughs) but, uh, sometimes those preceding moments get us out of our, our comfort zones. Um, so the sun opposite Jupiter as well. I mean, this is this is going to be that context point. So the, the sun and Leo waning out of Leo season, right, um, is going to, you know, it's been opposite of Jupiter this week. So that's, is your ego in check? Are you getting too big for your britches? Uh, self-mastery. What are you, what insights have been provided to you, right? Jupiter and Aquarius, what insights have been provided to you that, that maybe you weren't aware of? What's this friction? What is this dance with oneself and one's identity and where you aspire to be? And the North Node trying to Venus and trying Saturn. I mean, this is the, you know, the, the, the direction that we're headed, connectivity, Just feeling in with that energy a little bit, grounding. 
How do our values help us to get where we want to go? How do our desires, right relationship desires, ones with integrity, Saturn, help us to get where we want to go? And as I you know, sat with this, this full moon energy, I thought a lot about um, the esoteric language around Leo, which is uh, so hum. Uh, in the, I was thinking about Shilpa at Kosha Spa as she did some writing about that, that idea of Soham. And I was thinking about Aaron Diaz, the yoga instructor who I had on during Pisces season and how she used to sing, I am, I am that. So Leo being a fire sign is, is part of identity. I am Aquarius. I am that. I am part of, I am part of something greater than myself. And the things that we see out in the world are reflections of our inner being. The things that irritate us are reflections of things that are not integrated in the self. Uh, I know I've talked to a lot of clients throughout this year of when you're left alone to your own devices, you can't really blame irritants outside of you. You have to get right with what kind of luggage what kind of baggage that you're carrying around with you because you are responsible for doing that work on yourself on your heart in your mind sometimes you think that things are integrated and they go away but they don't or maybe you know that they're integrated because the things that used to trigger you no longer trigger you anymore so thinking about personal power how we manipulate and influence others right uh, fire signs are charming. We're in a charmed season. So maybe thinking about where manipulation, human, human manipulation, I wish I could play with that word a little bit more, but humanipulation, uh, how we, we charm and we try to get what we want, right? Especially Venus and Libra. So what is it that you want? <laughs> You want to heal your wounds. You want to figure out who you are. Venus opposite Chiron. Uh, do the work. Look in the mirror, Venus and Libra. Look in the mirror. And the mirror is all around us at every moment of our lives. Our surroundings, our interactions. What do they teach us about the self? You know, If we didn't have bodies, if this was all just a visual hallucination, a movie or a dream, what are we learning from it? I'm not saying that it is. We are definitely having a physical world experience, but uh, if we can, if we can look towards our lives as the projection screen of our internal experience, what are you seeing? Are you seeing chaos? Are you seeing peace? Are you seeing anger, agitation, resentment? Just questions, right? These are all things that you get to consider for yourself and how you're how you're working with it. So that's all I got for the full moon report. So I will uh, leave you to your meditations or thoughts on that. But I think that the, the power struggles, that's, that's the thing that I'd love for you to concentrate on. All right. So that brings us to our guest. If you are new to this program, I want to say welcome. Welcome to the Inspired Astrology Podcast. I'm Lauren K. Hickman. I am an energy interpreter. I have practiced traditional Reiki for 20 years. Uh, I have integrated astrology, what I call inspired astrology, which is a blend of 
all of the things that I am learning and integrating on a daily basis about evolutionary astrology, astrology for the soul and the mundane, what we can take from that, what we can take from evolution and esoteric astrology and wisdom teachings to kind of bring it all together, bringing it into the center so it can be applicable. Because why would I do this if it wasn't helpful, right? <laughs> um, I love feedback. So if you want to reach out to me, if there's somebody that you think should be on the show, uh, if there's things that you would want me to sing or dance or do on here, um, this this is a community situation. Yes, I am talking to my books alone in my room right now. Uh, <laughs> but the whole point is to be of benefit and service to your journey and to your experience. So Thank you for your support and listening. Thanks for forwarding the show to your friends and your family members and signing up for the Moon Mailer, which is my bi-monthly letter and uh, rants, poetry about the cosmos. Uh, You'll also get updates about where I'm at, what I'm doing, what's happening. Um, And I just want to remind you that uh, this is what I do for a living. So if you want to book a a session with me to do an astrology reading, therapeutic style astrology where we sit and we try to suss out you know I'm not here to tell you who you are I am here to mirror who you are using the lens of astrology Reiki of course is a um, is an energy modality a method it means uh, great life force or universal energy uh, it it is uh it's a lens. It is a energy direct from God that helps us to support our journey, unblock our blockages. And it is the modality that I do energy balancing work along with the esoteric material, the metaphysical material, esoteric anatomy, all of the things that I use to pull it all together. And that includes years working in a supplement shop, talking about diet and the dis-ease that occurs in our physical systems that become reminders of our own internal processes of unfolding and moving back towards wholeness, where that word to heal comes from. So I am here to be your guide if you should need me. I have a subscription service. Uh, I really feel like that's silly to think of somebody subscribing to me, but uh, you subscribe to my moon mailer and to my podcast. Why not subscribe to uh, a monthly check-in with yours truly? Uh, I, I'm still figuring out what this looks like, you know, but I, I definitely give a, a discount on readings and it, it's adaptive to what you're needing at that time. If you need a cord cutting or an energy balancing or a meditation or some instruction, mentorship, if you are uh, trying to step into this field and you need somebody to hold your hand and support you through that process, hey, I'm here. I, I love mentoring other people. Speaking of Jupiter with the moon this month or this day, this weekend, um, I would love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out. So I'm going to bring on our guest today, Grace DeMore. She is a tarot reader here in the Milwaukee area, also a wonderful dance instructor and Leo enthusiast. She is a fellow weirdo and I absolutely adore this woman and how she's invited me into the community that she's building here in Milwaukee. Uh, We were fangirls of each other on Instagram. She has a YouTube channel and feed where she does tarot readings very regularly, bringing her kooky sense of humor and her story, her journey into that space and really providing a sense of confidence, which is 
One of those words that I would absolutely ascribe to this reading and what she is sort of uh, bringing through, a journey in confidence is a word that she uses multiple times during this, this interview. I had to pare the interview down. She did a long story about meeting Prince or being in space with Prince. And uh, so hopefully you'll get to the end of that and hear some of the highlights. Uh, but we got a chance to talk about her her story, her coming around uh, the Leo journey of building confidence for herself and leading from the heart. Uh, and definitely those ideas about attention that I, I talked about in the meditation, you know, the need for attention, the need for affirmation, and how that developed to her into spiritual service. So stay tuned and enjoy. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking about how I came across you through the, there was a collective space that I think that Lilo Allen runs and I went in and I said, Hey, I don't know anybody here. And she says, you need to find Grace G. Moore. You need to find the tarot reader here in town. And I started following you. And then I realized that you had been following me and there was some following happening and definitely reciprocal joy. But I, I think it was when you reached out and asked me to get involved with this new brainchild of yours, Terrestrial Tuesday, that we really got a chance to connect. I am so appreciative of what you're creating, and I wanted to invite you to come and speak and share your story. So I'd love if you would introduce yourself in the way that you see fit for your for your grace. Well, thank you so much, Lauren. It's just the honor is really on this end, I feel like. Um, I was a fangirl of yours before you discovered anything about me, so I had already been listening and watching your um, IG during quarantine and really, really big fan of your work and um, helped me on a regular basis to guide other people and myself through the terrestrial storms, you know. And also the sunny, you know, the sunny terrestrial times as well. You have a real knack for um, helping everybody understand that these planets aren't here to mess up your lives. They're here to guide you. And um, I really, I really dig that, your style of how you, how you explain stuff, good and bad. So a lot of times astrology, uh, astrology, I've read a lot of it. um, It gets into the, the why is this happening to me or the, the fearful parts of, of what's going on and you you tend to um, bring up the positive aspects and really get into the powerful times as well so I really appreciate that um, I also just appreciate like how human you are in your uh, delivery and uh, I found resonance with that you know I have a lot of the similar uh, style and I, I guess you know we all have these closets that we live in and um, one of my closets was uh, tarot and astrology. Astrology was my first closet, and I read that for, what well, I've been reading astrology for about 20 years, but I'm still, you know, couldn't tell you how to read a birth chart. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it is definitely something that uh, is, is translation, and it's, you're some sort of mir- miraculous scribe. But, yeah, with tarot, I, uh, I read by the book, and I read for the wrong reasons. All for about 10 years of my life, I read Seeking Attention. I read, I, I decided at Barnes & Noble that I was going to buy this 
tarot deck because it was uh, rebellious to do so and being raised Roman Catholic and that it was fun to dip in with the devil and to um, try to be the life of the party and maybe know all the answers to stuff. And that's really why I started tarot. So as you can tell, I've I've probably learned uh, the hardest lessons of, of anybody in, in spirituality. Um, I did tarot while I was drinking a lot. So I would uh, read the same question over and over and over um, for years. I'd do that. I would actually, though, take an academic approach because I was freshly out of college. So this was a really cool part of my practice was to write it all down, write everything down, copy the books, copy my copy what my interpretation was, and then journal it exactly to what happened three days later, three days later. On every single reading, every single time I asked the same question. I was obsessed. And it became an obsession. However, I did learn the book the book reading and the how to tell time in tarot or things that are really advanced. Um, I learned about up up from books and self-teaching. There were no schools. There were no um, open covens around me. There were no people practicing paganism or any kind of safe place for me to do this. This was all in my bedroom. Everything was self-guided, self-taught. Um, I was a poetry major, so I used a lot of poetry in my readings and just kind of put it on the shelf for a long time. I, I would do it occasionally. My first deck burned because I burned it. I um, I, I burned it until it, it was ashes. It was the Real Housewives deck, I think it was called. It was like 50s pinup women, and it was really kitschy and snarky and um, I thought I was really cool and then um, I was gifted a deck um, the the Voyager deck which is no longer in print and I'm so happy that I have this deck truly my most blessed deck and I feel that um, that deck taught me correctly Um, it taught me the healthier gentler ways of reading and so 10 years I kind of did this in the closet I became less obsessed with it, and I pulled it out when I really needed guidance in my life, when I was becoming sober, when I was becoming um, someone who cared about their body, someone who cared about even last year, I just learned how to care about sleeping. And so these basic things that a lot of people assume about somebody when they meet them, they weren't happening for me. And I think that you and I, you know, connect on that as well. So we're coming from learning like almost therapy for our um, issues with our bodies and not, and, and then having these stories, you know, from when I was a child of, um, Hey, did anyone else see that color over there? What was that? Is he yellow to you? What, what am I seeing? I'm, I'm a child. How do I have these dreams of places that I've never been as a child, like an airport and know what an airport is? before it happens. How do I have nightmares for other people? How do I live their life for them through dreams? There were a lot of funny things happening to me my whole life that were very um, indicative of psychic powers. 
of carnal knowledge of the body and now rooting that and um, drawing those roots and growing my branches into beautiful leaves everywhere. So the, the professional practice for me for tarot was four years and counting now. And I've done all kinds of tarot readings. Um, I read for animals. I read for, I've done pet investigations. I've done like finding lost pets, that kind of thing. Is my pet going to die? I've, I've read mediumship for uh, on lo- lots of levels. I can basically channel any spirit that we're reaching out to. I've gotten surprised by gods, goddesses, demons, goblins, uh, no jokes there. Angels have helped. I've gotten direct notice from them. I get a dream that's occasional of a chalkboard. It's a a virtual chalkboard-looking thing, and it it writes – it's just a piece of chalk that writes on the chalkboard, but it looks like it's a, a black screen, and it writes messages on the chalkboard. And that's my angel that talks to me, sends me messages directly because that's the only channel that I allow currently in my dreams. It's been a very interesting journey. Uh, lots of touch, lots of touch points as far as you know, clairsentience or clairvoyance or clairaudience or where, whatever the gift is, and developing that gift until I feel very comfortable in it. So a lot of times when people are saying they. When they say, oh, what are you doing in that reading? Why do you say they? Who's they? I'm like, I don't know. It's them. It's it's everything. It's all of that happening at once. And it's all of my clear abilities <laughs> combining to uh, bring you these messages. Clearing out my channels and my spaces and letting energy flow. There are certain principles scientifically that I believe in that um, contribute to my practice. There's um, biblical knowledge, there's religious knowledge, there's, you know, definitely historical knowledge that, that all contributes. So I feel like tarot is a very big subject, big big topic. I try to keep it, I try to, I try to open up everything to, uh, just like how the gates open for when, when your spirit opens. It's, you know, anyone who's had a spiritual awakening or two knows how that feels. It's just this opening that happens. So that's what I try to offer people without making them cry. I try to make them laugh. And then you said the theatrics of a Leo, and I said, I, you know, that's genuinely who I am. You know, if you if you ever watch my channel, me being a, a silly person is just that's my genuine self. I, I'm not always like that, but when I read tarot, I just free up, and all of these divine inspirations come to me, and my '90s references will just kill you. So. I love everything that you just offered. I mean, because you you got into childhood and having the dreams and the, you know, the empathic intuitions, things that you couldn't have understood at an early age. I don't even know where to start. You know, I mean, you you grew up in Milwaukee. You were raised Roman Catholic. Um, When did you jerk against that? Was it in the Barnes and Nobles when you grabbed the tarot deck? No, I mean, I, I kind of went with it for a long time. Like, yeah, Jesus seems pretty cool. He seems all right, like a character. But I just didn't really agree. I didn't jive with what the church was doing. And I didn't like how it, it made people uh, feel left out. I didn't like how it told, you know, my mom that my grandma was going to hell. I, I don't like stuff like that. I didn't like dogmatic thinking. I didn't like mm-hmm. the rigidity of you must do this or else. 
But I did like a lot of things about it. That's why in my um, incantation in the beginning, I say, Virgin Mother, please intercede on our behalf. When really it's just like white people's version of calling on ISIS or, you know, like that that goddess ISIS. There's probably 30,000 goddesses before her. That is just the same story, like, you know, from astrology being told in the sky. Yeah. So there's there's this connection that is much more ancient than just being Roman Catholic or being raised Italian or being raised Italian-American, really. Definitely um, what made me get away from it was just this not agreeing with it, going my own route, and still learning from what I was given. Yeah, so appreciating some of the, the rituals and the community, but definitely there there was an awareness of the power dynamic. And, you know, you said feeling left out. I I think what's most remarkable about you, Grace, is, you know, having met you for the first time at the premier terrestrial <laughs> Tuesday event at Freight 38, that I went and introduced myself to all the readers in that space. And you really created a collective of very diverse and dynamic young people that were ready and willing to share themselves and share their journey with tarot or their spiritual skills. And what was remarkable when I spoke with all these people, I said, how do you know Grace? Because you became the yoke at the center of all, oh, well, I met her she, you know, I was her waiter in Chicago, and she just asked me to come hang out. Or, oh, I met Grace through some <laughs> events. And, you know, so when you said that, you know, the, the church left people out, the thing that I love about you and your energy is that you're inviting everybody to come to the table. Everybody is welcome at Grace's party. As long- so it's like, bring your best you. Bring you. You want to go for a good roasting? Let's go. Let's go in the ring. You know, and that's kind of how I feel about people. I, I really I really think that everybody does belong, even if they're like some kind of, you know, um, even if they're really like off in their beliefs. And you're like, come on, buddy. You know you don't believe that. You know you're a good person in there. And I, I, feel, I feel that way. I resonate on a deep level with people that do unspeakable things even or um, – you know, there's there's a deep understanding there where I'm not going to allow them into my life or let them influence my decisions and my actions, but I do have space for them to change. I do have space for them to grow and learn. So forgiveness is a big part of myself, and, and learning that forgiveness has been a big, big thing from learning forgiveness is travel. Because when you, when you travel, you transcend time. And so when you get rid of time, you shuffle off a human issue. And when you see that time and space are relative, um, travel does that to you. Whether you know it's doing that or not, everyone says travel changes them. Some people really resist the travel bug or even wanting to do it because they don't like that. They don't want to leave that comfort zone of losing track of time or not being on time for something plan, 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 must go this way. And forgiveness is also that, too. It's letting go of these ideas and realizing that Carl Sagan type of idea where we're just this little tiny blip. That's all we are, is a spot of dust in the universe. And so does it really matter, you know, who you're hanging out with, who you're seeing, who you're seen by? Does it really matter? Are they a good person? That's really my first question is, are they a good person in there? And where are they a good person in there? I think everybody has a potential for this. Um, it's just uh, it's just who chooses it. 
a long time I, I didn't choose that route. I chose perfectionism. Tell me what that looked like for you. What does perfectionism look like? It Well, I'll tell you what it looks like on me. Over It looks like overgiving to everything and everyone and never expecting anything back. I, was, I think I, I may be the hardest worker I know. I may be the biggest people pleaser I know. And when I stopped doing that, uh, my life unfolded for me and said, here's what you here's what you've created, good and bad. And um, it looked like, you know, 50 to 60-hour work weeks with tarot on top of that in every spare moment or dance on top of that in every spare moment. So now, I mean, we're getting into the last seven years. I didn't start dancing until I was 34 years old. Probably not the pristine time to start a dance career, you know. I had to let go of a lot of perfection in that journey so that 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 the journey in the body and accepting the limits of the body is very humbling and very much a forgiveness journey as well what is it what did it look like it looks like me getting very very irritable it looks like me having a lot of ableism it looks like me spouting a lot of knowledge without a lot of um, support behind it because of the way I made people feel um, it made me look like a know-it-all and made me look judgmental. Now, inside, was that really happening? No. I was working all cylinders at all times, not understanding that I didn't have to do all that to be loved, to be uh, accepted. All I had to do was love and accept myself and accept that some days I'm, I'm tired. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Accept that some days I, I'm not breathing right today or whatever and just mm-hmm. say it out loud and say that that's something that I'm going to have to think about or, you know, just kind of process here. I didn't drink enough water today. It's just simple things. Well, it's interesting that you, you know, you use the word terrestrial at the beginning and the name of your event you establish is terrestrial Tuesday. I often will use the, the term terrarium with my clients to describe how we need to step outside of our bodies and remember that we are in a physical world, in a physical reality. And again, sleep, hydration, fed well. Am I angry? Am I tired? Am I cranky? Am I irritable? Just paying attention to those basic needs because we, if, if we don't have our health, then how can we flourish? I agree with you. I mean, to each their own, like what our bodies are capable of and being able to know what our parameters are and not compare them to other people, which I think is some of the problem that we're experiencing. And, you know, we, we grew up in a time where there weren't smartphones and computers. You know, now we're living in this time of constant comparison. And you've expressed multiple times, like I, I had to learn to love myself where I was at. And I, I don't know if you have a, a story to share that there was this, like, moment where you just said, I'm done. You know, I'm done people-pleasing. I don't know what I'm getting out of this. You know, what what, what did that story look like for you, Grace? Mm, I don't – I mean, for a fixed sign like Leo, it only takes a couple hits in the head with a big, fat boulder, you know, for me to get it. Uh, so I've probably been you – know, you know how your spirits, like, throw things in your way, and you're like, 
ouch, what is that for? You know, and you're like, they're like, hey, stupid, it's this. And you're like, what? You're like, I, I don't, I don't get it. And then all of a sudden one day you think you're this genius because you get it. And you're like, oh my gosh, my spirits have been telling me this for like 20 years. Okay. <laughs> so this was really funny because it was actually one of those moments and it took me a whole 401k loan for a trip to Thailand to, and you know, a, a twenty a thirty seven hour travel arrangement and um meeting new people and being in a very uncomfortable environment of I don't know what's gonna happen, I don't know these people. You know, when you're starting to travel uh and you're not used to that, um you just get like I, I don't I I not I didn't have any itinerary and it was a very strict itinerary on this trip and so I was stressing out because I was on someone else's watch and I was like wait this is my vacation I I work hard this is my PTO and I'm I'm the one that paid for this why am I having such a poor experience here so I called my friend who was mutual friends with a lot of people and he gave me this you know dose of wisdom he said the sun will never be the moon and I was like you're right you're right. I'm I'm this person. They don't know what I'm kind of just observing. If if I'm the moon and they're never going to be me, then I just observe them. That's all the moon can do to the sun, right? So I just started to get a little bit quieter and on that trip, and I um, didn't say much. I just kind of would dance and and smile, and that was about it. I eat eat a lot, and um, on the journey we went through these kayaks. We saw bioluminescent um, plankton. We lit candles of these flower flower arrangements, but they were like you would pin them in a circular order, almost like a mandala, where you were you were yeah. you were tacking on you were tacking down these flowers and and plants in like a very beautiful shape, geometrically. And so it was like a lot of sacred geometry happening. My brain was going nuts because I was like, yes, this is super spiritual. And we're having a great time. And everyone was laughing and releasing. And then we drew the we, we took the kayaks out right before tide was gonna come into the cave. We saw the bioluminescence and then we all kayaked into a circle and I put the I put the crown of of flowers with my friend who learned so much that day. We both did, and we put that in the water and we let it float to the middle and the fire went out in the water and the you know the crown sunk into the ocean and it just made me like from now on I forgive myself and that was the beginning of that like it was a journey and and I knew that my life would be getting a lot brighter after that moment sometimes there is no moment but that time there was yeah for sure yeah. <laughs> You know, you you spoke to the shadow and light guides, you know, that have assisted you on your journey. And I think that a lot of people be curious, you know, you, I mean, you, you have a natural leadership quality the way that you gather people. I'd love to hear, like, how how that has been shaped for you, how you've known to, like, run away from people who are misqualified. There's a lot of power dynamics within, you know, the New Age spiritual community, and I think that, like you said, the shadow and light aspects, there's lessons in all of it. We we can learn a lot from power dynamics. 
Well, as a kid, a lot of my childhood felt taken away from because I was kind of forced to do things I didn't want to do a lot, a lot. And um, all I wanted to do was play outside and have fun and do my homework and go to bed, you know. And and a lot of times it was like, uh, you know, we got to go to this. You know, anytime you have to do something you don't want to do, and one of those things, I'll be honest, was sitting through church. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to sit through church. I didn't understand why I had to go to church so much. And um, there's things that in work, you know, we, we do this every day under the burden of capitalism to do these things that we don't want to do because we have to eat. Every day we, we force ourselves to do things that we don't want to do. And so when I was 18, I learned in psychology class about the principle of intrinsic motivation. And intrinsic motivation became like a life goal of mine because, you know, they say like you're raised on Catholic guilt. Um, One of the shadows in my life that I've learned the most from is being raised Catholic, where I said I would never forgive that. I would never join that. I would never want that in my life. And now I can comfortably sit through church and just kind of observe it. Like the moon will never be the sun. And so uh that that knowing knowing how i don't i actually know one of my triggers for anxiety is being in a room i can't escape like if there is somebody speaking at the front of the room and i feel obligated to be there i must have an escape route so knowing that trigger i just know that it i have to be able to escape i have to be able to know i can leave at all times i am able to leave at all times and that's, I think, why I set up such a welcoming um, community because the bodily traumas that I've been through were things that were forced on me. And then the, the, the I think even worse than that is like the, um, the religious traumas and the emotional traumas and the mental traumas that we, we do, we put ourselves through these things every day if we work a job or if we go to school and we don't like the topic that we're talking about. I made intrinsic motivation my my life goal. I will only do things that I want to do. Not that I don't mind working for something. If it enhances what I really want to do. So, for instance, like, I hate uh, doing crunches, and I hate ballet. I hate ballet. But I'll do it because it makes my other dance better. But that's intrinsic motivation. I'm choosing it. I have to be able to choose. And then, so what I do, and and I have to be able to consent, because consent is key. And I I break, you you know, we talk about it in realms of sexual, uh, you know, in in the realms of, like, um, contact, physical contact, sexual contact, dating. But consent is mental. Don't dump on somebody mentally if they, if you didn't even ask them space. You know, it's spiritual. Ooh, I want to do a reading on you. How many times have I done that? That's not consent. It's um, physical, obviously. I don't like to be tickled even. And here I am dancing, um, very sensual dances with people, and it's to challenge my intimacy levels, my trust, my forgiveness of self, my boundaries, all these things get challenged by the choices that I've made and they enhance my spirit and tarot and dance are my two 
my two babies and um, life insurance, but that's a different topic. So I don't remember what the question was. I think the the shadow and light guides was what I was was aiming at. But yeah, institutions are my shadow guides, and they're my light guides as well. Mm-hmm. Um, finding groups that are my intrinsic motivation that make me happy and shine. That's my light guide. Creating creating inclusive dynamics around people that are aware. Light guide, definitely. I, I've had individuals, you know, like shadow teachers, shamanic experiences, all these things, priests, nuns, you know, people that are spiritual, all kinds of people visited all kinds of places. One person impacted you a great deal. I'm thinking of one person in particular who was very much a shadow person. But I appreciate that because it taught me how to access shadow without losing control over it. It taught me to look at myself. It taught me to, you know, it taught me much. Um, It taught me about self-care. And it taught me about the the light guides that I feel sometimes light guides even can get out of hand with spiritual bypassing a lot. Don't tell me anything negative. Light only. That teaches you about abundance. Nothing's running out, folks. Okay? Nothing's running out. We're living our lives based on fear. And we have to take responsibility, too, you know, for the physical things that we do. Yeah, so to clarify for those who aren't familiar with the term spiritual bypassing, it's it's what Grace said that uh, good vibes only, or we're not going to talk about negative stuff, or brushing over experiences, you know, rather than learning to integrate them. Yeah, so I think that, uh, you know, since Neptune has been in Pisces this last decade or so, you know, just kind of working its way slowly. We, you know, we have this big influx, and you've probably noticed this as well, Grace, and it's it's probably this energy that's welcomed us to come out of our spiritual closets, you know, to, to come back to that term you used in the beginning. Uh, you know, but mm-hmm. there's also this big influx of woo-woo where people who are under-trained or who are trained by uh, poorly intended teachers is what I'm seeing a lot of you know, are, are claiming claiming their name, claiming their spiritual power, which we all have, obviously, but uh, maybe not lacking the experience <laughs> and asking for a lot of money for a reading um, or a lot yeah. of money for a workshop or a lot of money to teach. You know, I'd love to get your, your contact with that, like what your experience Ooh. has been like with that. Yeah, like tarot. So tarot and money. So tell me about how you knew you were ready to to receive money. How'd you know? Yeah, reading the room. How funny. Um. Well, okay. So I came from a lot of security, middle upper class, and then not a lot of security. That all got changed, and then kind of pushed my way through government help uh, over my life, and so. Security was a big thing for me, and getting my earthly security was number one for a long time, and I became a financial advisor. (laughs) So in my waking life, I'm a financial advisor. Uh, I'm a consultant. We're financial advisors nationwide on life insurance, which is about death. I've had a lot of death happen in my life, 
And so um, it's really interesting how the two kind of support each other. Poetry, life insurance, and tarot. That that was going to be the name of my book. I feel like money. I I took a once I I took a Reiki class about abundance and money, and I I was by the end of the class I was teaching it because she she was asking me the questions, and I didn't know that I had this natural Reiki ability. But she said, "You don't seem to have these worries." And I was like, well, ma- you know, magic isn't just pure magic. It's 99% work. And so when it comes to money, you can measure that. You can measure that. And you don't have to be limited because guess what? They're not going to stop printing money. They're not going to stop doing that. Unless we put a stop to the way that capitalism happens, you've got to play the game. And in my lifetime, let's be real. I don't think it's going to end. I hope it does. I'm all about it. But I'm. my thing is, why not let good people have the money? If you don't give the money to good people that are light workers, this is never going to change. So I consider myself sort of a termite in that regard. I will eat the system from the inside out because I make the change. And it's true. Um, capitalism is made up of racism and um, made up of patriarchy. And I've bucked a lot of both of those things throughout my career. I've been that bridge that you were talking about. I don't mind taking people's money at this point. You know, like it's a receiving. I deserve to receive at a certain point. I do my work. If I do my work, then I have no problem charging people. And you know what? At the end of the day here, my readings shouldn't take longer than 30 minutes, to be honest. And, I, you know, $100 an hour, oh, my gosh, that's what I charge, right? But you just paid me $25 for 15 minutes that could have changed your life forever. If you're, open, if you're an open conduit and you, and you really listened and you really put in the work, that 99% came from you that was not magic. And the magical part is the message. The messenger. I'm receiving messages a million things a second, right? You, I know you feel that as a messenger yourself, right? But like now, I'm like, I did my work. I want payment. This is not about exposure. And my shadow teacher, who I no longer see or talk to, I'm okay with next lifetime, up the mountain, whatever you know, like the grand, the grand mountain. But, yeah, I, that, that's the, the teacher that brought me into the money. That's the shadow teacher said, it's okay to accept money for reading. And then I thought, well, I better provide a guarantee. I better be the best darn reader in, in the whole world. Otherwise, everyone's going to think I'm full of shit. And the more I did that, the more spirit handed me these months, months later, somebody calling me back and saying, what did you eat that day? Six months later, it happening to them. Sometimes it's sometimes me not connecting. Sometimes me not being in my channel, and that's I think a mastery of being present. You know, being an open channel. Um, some days we just not in that. So if I, I choose not to read those days now, I, I make better choices with when I'm reading, 
Um, and I beg for mercy and grace on the days that I have to read in a, in an energy that's less than ideal, which is less than present, you know? Um, so I don't know if that helps you in your practice, but absolutely you deserve money for what you do. Did you work on it? Did you put in effort? Did you learn something? Are you, did you put in your 10,000 hours? Are you an expert? Well, then you deserve to get paid. Don't be afraid to charge people. Have faith in what you're saying. You know what you're doing. You know 99% more about tarot or whatever than, than the next person if you were reading your book. Or mm-hmm. I'll give you the flip side of that. I'll give you a pass. If you've been through some stuff in your life and you're just good at reading, typically I would say BIPOC readers are the strongest at this. They've been through so much that you can just say what the cards mean and I'll verify that for you. I'll do that work. I read those books. That's what it means. You're correct. If you just need me to tell you you're correct for six months and that's all it takes you to learn read to how to read, then great. It took me 10 years of mistakes, trial and error, uh, recording and looking back. And I'm not going to tell you don't read books, of course. But I'm also not going to say you, you're not allowed to read tarot in a month. Absolutely. If you can learn that fast, go eat fire, you know. Um, I'm a fire sign, and if you want to eat fire, eat fire. Go for it. Um, just make sure you can handle the heat. Um, once you sign <laughs> up for this kind of a thing, you just it, you you can't get out of it. Now your life is this way. Now you know. So uh, eat the apple or put it back on the tree. Staple it back up there. I don't know how you get it back on the tree. <laughs> well, let's talk about how you know tarot is a medium for you you know, as a, as your instrument or your tool to reflect other people's stories in their lives. Um, you know, what, what has tarot taught you and, you know, what's, what's your favorite part of reading or a favorite spread, you know, what, tell, tell me more specifics about that, that journey with tarot. <laughs> okay. Um, I learned with the Celtic cross because it was Christian. It was a, by a woman who was Christian, and I thought, well, at least if I had to, if my parents found this book, and I'd be like, no, she's Christian. I didn't know, you know, I had, I'd have a, a, a story to to be like, I'm not going to get in trouble for this one. And um, I don't know, I, I just chose this book, and I just kept doing what the book directed me to do in the Celtic Cross, and I think that's how a lot of people learn. And I would obsess over the book meaning, the book meaning, the book meaning, and memorize, memorize, memorize. And then um, I don't know what happened to my intuition, but one day I just started accepting. I think it was the self-forgiveness things that I was doing over time before I fully delved into fuller, a fuller, more robust self-acceptance. Because I still get into that energy. I mean, no one's perfect, but I just identify it sooner when I'm doing that again, you know? And so with the self-forgiveness, I would say, you know, I got this feeling that, like, it was like an emotion when I drew this card. So when you said, tell me about the tarot journey, it was, for me, it was books, 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 record, 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 Celtic Cross, Celtic Cross, that's the only thing I know, into what if there's more, into I don't need to plan out a spread. 
um, the spread comes to me. Spirit tells me, and I, my intuition is so tight. It's so tight and on point. I love spirit. You know, we're, we're given the gifts of these messages that I know what the book meaning says, but I can take it now and interpret it um, according to how, wh- how I'm feeling um, in the moment. That it, you know, you know, I said I'm kind of a spiritual idiot that way. Like I need a bunch of shit thrown at me first before I know what I'm doing. Um, when I was young, before I read anything about tarot, I would just blurt things out that were the first things on my mind, and they were usually true and probably pretty funny. And that's kind of how I, I just lived like a guttural existence of just blurting out whatever was on my gut. I didn't do it too often, too, because I was a pretty quiet kid, to be honest. So with tarot, it taught me um, how to use that with discretion and confidence, the journey and confidence. Um, When you asked me this question, I drew, uh, I cut one of my decks, and it said, what did it teach me about? And I drew the death card. Absolutely. Call me tomorrow. I'll be a completely different person. I transform daily. I I can't keep up. My friends can't keep up. They're like, wait, what? who is this now? What person are you talking about? I change. It's the only thing that's constant. However, you'll always get classic me who, you know, sings randomly and loves the Simpsons and writes poetry and all these things that I love to do, sing and dance. So, yeah, transformation. I like that. Um, what have you have you done, Tara? Um, a deck called Shusta cards, which is you know I was raised knowing that they were Aquarian tarot. That was how they were introduced to me, and I've never met anybody else that reads them. So, because <laughs> Aquarians are weirdos. I'm kidding. No, um, <laughs> that's that's a really interesting thing that you know. I never I had never heard of it before. I saw you read that, and I was like, well, that only makes sense that that exists. Yeah. We've got to have that kind of a deck. <laughs> so, I mean, t- tarot, I think that there are, there are definitely correlations with astrology. It's just not a journey that I've taken. I think that, you know, when I, when I look at the cards, they make a lot of sense to me and I'll, and I'll definitely pull tarot cards uh, when I'm called to do so. I have a, a number of decks. I have the, um, the wild unknown tarot. And then of course the Rider Waite decks, um, and, you know, I, what I what I heard in your journey is really similar to ones that I've heard from from people who are are gifted in doing this work is that they prepared, you know, that, that you read the books, you practice, you memorize, you got the traditional meanings, and then you were able to improvise after that. And I think that that really speaks to skillfulness when it comes to to readers that you're working with. You know, I, I mean, absolutely, we all bring our, our souls and our whole being and our experiences in this life and beyond that to the table, you know, and, and, I, and I know that you're mentoring a number of, um, of younger tarot readers that you feel are very qualified because of their own life experiences. But there is this sense of preparation and then improvisation and remaining that clear channel which I know for me is through, you know, you know, over, over a decade of meditation practice, um, self-awareness, my sobriety, my journey, that kind of thing. 
Um, how do you keep your channel clear, especially when you describe being an open channel and, and working with all these entities in the past, and now you're just, you've got that chalkboard angelic message yeah. concept. Yeah. So how do you get to clear presence? Well, for me, it's um, the possibilities. So where where you're coming from in, in your commentary, is a limited to me that's limited because where what I know is that sometimes you're just given a gift. It's just yours to have. And I'll I'll say my gift was soccer. So as a little kid I would pick grass, chat with my friends, not do the drills, not do the running, but then I would play soccer and I was amazing. And my coaches couldn't stand me, but they would play me because I was good. And I grew up very, that's a really crazy thing, right? I grew up that way with math because I would go to, um, I was actually held back at math in, in high school. And I was held back. I should have been in the college course direction and they put me in the accelerated but not college course direction, and I was really angry about that because I was a high achiever, Capricorn rising. And um, don't mess with that, right? But um, I would go to my Algen Trig class, joke the whole time, never show up, never do my homework. Anything that didn't require a grade, I just didn't do it, and then I'd take the test and ace it. I never read the book. I just was good at it. I don't know how that happens, but when you're granted a gift, you take it. And so I'm not saying don't, again, I'm not saying don't practice, don't read, don't learn structures. But if you're one of those people that just can, don't let anybody tell you you can't. And in dance, the same thing. I, I teach the same thing in dance. There is no reason for you in an hour not to be looking like you're a professional dancer. Just jump into it and know that you can do it. Like it, it's, I have to believe that I can 100% confidence with a beginner's mindset every single time I do something. And I don't know, I learned, I learned a lot about confidence. Um, I mentioned it a few times. Um, and, and learning the, the, the journey between arrogance, confidence, and imposter syndrome, you know, that, that day where you decide to take on something big and then you're shaking because you're so fearful of what did I just do? Like, why did I just start Terrestrial Tuesday was one of those nights. <laughs> what did I get myself into? Now I have to commit to this thing. Now I have to show up and bring 10 people with me every single time. And, oh, my gosh. No, but I wanted that. I asked for it. Spirit gave it to me. And now I am get to even expand it into movement. And I'm changing it to terrestrial locomotion um, because I feel like, that's where this belongs. Like, I feel like that's where it's headed. And it happened much quicker than I thought it would. I, I didn't think I would be changing it so soon. But, you know, they're pleased. So I'm like, all right, thanks, guys. All right, cool. Thanks, angels. We're, we're going to do this. We're going to keep going with, with what we are being gifted. I'm not going to tell myself I can't. I think that's a big thing. Um, yes, read your books. Yes, take your notes. Yes, journal. Um, remember things. Remember nuggets from other teachers. You learn from everybody all the time. You're you're 
the people that you don't like the most are your biggest teachers, right? So, like, mm-hmm. just be patient. Be patient, and at the same time, so these are the gifts of the, seven, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They transcend duality. Anything that transcends duality, there's no reason for us to be compassion, compassionate. We have no reason to show compassion in our, in our duality lifestyle. But when we learn compassion, that's a gift. When we learn patience, there's no reason for us to be patient. Because you could die in an instant and never get that uh, cup of coffee that you were waiting in line for. So, like, patience doesn't make any sense. There's things that transcend what makes sense. And so, like, for me, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are those things that, that transcend. And then there's little offshoots that lead to truth and then that lead to mantra, that lead to... And, and when you're a baby, you know all of those truths. You already know. So you're born knowing. And then you kind of have to undo it all and take it all away before you rebuild it and think that you're a genius because you're like, oh, I did all this work. So, like, I feel like there's a certain gift that you're given, and then um, we, we like to undo our gifts. We like to fear. We like to fear instead of love. And so I always encourage people to dive right into it, go for everything, pretend that you are a professional dancer when you show up. Act as if, and then it'll happen. Um, that's not being arrogant. That's just having a beginner's mindset that has some confidence and maybe – you know, you're granted a little bit of boost from your spirit guides and from the big spirit, you know, from, from upstairs. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing a lot of Leo themes in here. So I appreciate you kind of shifting that to that piece of confidence. And I think what I was saying about preparation and like, you know, stepping into yourself, I think preparation does give people confidence, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's not like, I, I also appreciate you saying like, sometimes you just have natural gifts and you just run with it which is so beautiful, mm-hmm. you know, just really to, to trust yourself, but not a lot of people experience that. I know, I mean, most of my clients are women and I know that confidence can be a big, uh, a big problem, I think, um, in trusting yourself and your instinct when often codependency or, you know, being subservient or being a people pleaser, those types of things are kind of wired into us. So when I hear you talk about confidence and even the dramatical piece, right, of like, just pretend, fake it till you make it, you know, stepping into yourself mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, if, you, if, you, if you're not confident, just pretend until you get there, that type of thing. And uh, my teacher always said, don't panic. You know, that's one of the best pieces of advice that I've gotten, you know, in the, in the type of energy work that I provide, because often there can be a lot of unexpected uh, things that come up during sessions, right? So, you know, how, I don't know, I don't know what to ask you. I've just, I think that it's really beautiful, this, this natural confidence that you exude from your Leo spirit, but you're also a very hard worker, Capricorn Rising, you mentioned, and this, well, you know, very transformative. Yeah, I have that fixed energy where I refuse to believe you on that. I refuse to believe that people are hardwired to not have confidence. Mm. No, I, I feel like when you're born, this is the most natural thing about you is your spirit. You're never going to change that part of you. That part of you stays the same. So the poetry I wrote when I was 18, I'm still that person. I'm still her. But at the same time, there's been incidences and all kinds of stuff and all kinds of history in between. 
And now those stories are just making it um, a spiral journey upward, you know? That's how I feel like the, the whole thing is about the spiral journey upward, crashes and burns into um, huge uplifting moments in your spirit. That's what it's all about. Those love life questions, no, they ain't coming back. How about that? They ain't coming back. Trust that they'll come back, okay? Just put it out there. Climb the mountain, continue on your path, and it'll come back. Or whatever whatever that question is. Should I retire? Should I, um, what do you think about this? It's like, well, it's not so much what I think. I'm just telling you what's going on on your spiritual journey. He's not in these cards. There's no people living in these cards here. It's just, they're just tools. I don't need these cards. I can tell you about that without the cards. That's just wisdom. So, so that confidence, yeah, I just keep developing that. Guess who taught me that, Lauren? Who's that? The most. Prince. <laughs> well, that's, that's my inspiration for confidence. The most confident person I could think of is Prince. The reason I, I, I learned so much confidence from him is because he was good at everything. Like, he could really play basketball that well. He could play pool. He could play ping pong. I mean, he could do everything well. He was like a, like a really high-level dancer. Very, he was a dancer before he was an, uh, a musician, I believe. See, I don't know the facts that well, and I don't know his uh, lyrics that well. But one of his lyrics is, we, we've got so much work to do. And that's just how I live my life, is according to the, some of the lyrics that he dropped. Um, get there. I'm like, I don't know. I looked to print. <laughs> like he was the one that I would when when I had nobody that's who I looked to so I don't know if we all have our own genius who do we look to like really take really take into consideration what you're exposing yourself to and who you who you look up to and who you idolize in your life because it does make a difference on what happens in your life those messages start to embed into your psyche and they start to influence how you act and behave and you know let's you know a lot of the music and culture that we grew up in we I as a woman accepted a lot of things that were very toxic for a very long time so you know those, those things were embedded in my media and I enjoyed them and loved loved that satire but it was poisonous at the same time long term so now you know I'm really conscious of what I watch and who I allow to be my teachers. Does that help? I don't know. <laughs> I think I think that's really important to consider is like what we consume is what shapes the way that we view the world. But Grace, I really, really, really appreciate you sharing so much of yourself and your time uh, tonight when we're talking. And I just want to plug Terrestrial Tuesday, but you're calling it Terrestrial Locomotion now. Can you tell me more about your visions with this event? Um, I'm an expert at tarot, and I'm an expert at partner dancing. So I have done my 10,000 hours in both. And um, partner dancing for me is about connection to another person. So not only when you dance, you know, you're moving your body, you're connecting to music, and it's you and the music, and it's like no one else matters. But when you're doing it with another person, there's arts and science to that. And um, the, the art that I've learned 
um, is is a very beautiful art to share with another person. And so I feel like it's spiritual. When you hit to a certain point with it, the presence of the two people working in tandem as uh, masculine and feminine or yin and yang or whatever energies are, are leader and follower, um, I actually like that terminology better, leader and follower, rather than masculine and feminine. But um, those two energies working together and then switching the styles between me being a leader, me being a follower, and learning my role and learning what the other person has to do and seeing it from a different, more balanced perspective in my physical body connects me to my spirit. And so I always thought that spirit and dance, uh, tarot and dance should be combined. And I know that a lot of dance teachers are are finding that because dance is kind of more of a, uh, it's not really a popular art, you know, as far as monetarily. It's on the TV, I guess, but um, it's not till recent times. And now more and more people are getting into dancing. Well, I think that the world is changing, so we want to connect better. And one of the ways that we can connect in our bodies is by learning consent and learning dance and learning how to um how to navigate that with another person. And when you're present in it, and there's a lot of mechanics to learn, but then when you're present in those mechanics, you you actually can hit levels of Tantra that are platonic. You can learn a lot about platonic love, platonic friendship, platonic touch. I don't do that for dating, by the way, Um, but I feel like tarot and dance belong together because one is for the emotional and, and mental, and then one is for the the physical. And, and they all help elevate your spirit. Again, I want to thank uh, Grace for joining me for this week's episode, finishing up, finalizing Leo season. Uh, she's, she's really an enthusiastic and wonderful gift. We talked some about her uh, event, Terrestrial Tuesday, now known as Terrestrial Locomotion, where she's bringing tarot readers and other alternative complementary uh, healers. I, I, uh, I don't like using that word all the time because, you know, we are our own healers, but these beautiful mirrors of service and support bringing wisdom teachings from many different t- traditions, many different lenses into one space at Freight 38. Uh, The next event is this Tuesday, and I will be there on the 24th from probably 6 until 10 p.m. doing astrology readings if you're in the Milwaukee area. I also have my Schuster cards with me. Sit down, have a chat with me, see if we vibe, especially if you're in the Milwaukee area. I'd love to keep connecting with the community here. If you're not in the area, you can follow Grace on Instagram. I'll post her account there in the episode notes. Um, but you can find and support her work and and uh, and see what she has to share with the world, which is definitely her her unique and vibrant self. This is Lauren K. Hickman. You've been listening to the Inspired Astrology Podcast. I am supported by my amazing sponsors, K Apothecary in Mount Vernon, Iowa, also available online. That's K-A-E Apothecary.com. And you can find them on Instagram. Uh, support 
your local witches, bitches. You know what I'm saying? It's a metaphysical supply shop. Uh, you can get readings there in the area. I think um, I had never had a numerology reading and the one that I had with Andrea Gorsh was incredibly powerful. So any chance that you get to get on her schedule and get a reading done, uh, hugely supportive in mirroring your process, giving you some more tools in your toolbox to work with, um, especially if, if that's your vibe. You know, numbers are pretty amazing. Just another lens, another interpretation of the self, perceptual self. Uh, and of course, Kin, which is a mystical shop in Des Moines, Iowa, where I, I got my start. She was the one who got me to get out there and start doing pop-up astrology, which are my 15 to 20 minute readings that I do in public. Um, I, I am just incredibly grateful for that opportunity. So thank you to Kin for all the candles, all of the beautiful crystals and all of the beautiful jewelry, which is my favorite part of Kin. So you should check them out at kindsm.com. That's K-I-N-D-S-M.com. Big shout out to Heather, another Leo warrior goddess uh, out there doing, doing her work and inspiring the community as us fire signs do. I'm Lauren K. Hickman. You can find me on Instagram. You can support the work at Venmo at Lauren K. Hickman. I do child astrology readings. I do written reports for adult children, babies, transits, all of the things. I do online uh, and in-person readings, uh, always available virtually uh, throughout the week. You can reach out to me if you want to do a consultation. We can chat for a few minutes. You can see if we vibe, if if that's your thing. I absolutely am open to doing that work together, Um, offering mentorship, offering astrology, Reiki, and all the tools in my toolbox from years and years of self-study and metaphysical studies to bring to the table for you or your loved one, right? I'm a great gift. That was somebody's birthday present last night. I love that. Love it. (laughs) We have some really exciting interviews coming up. Um, I can't wait to just keep sharing this work with you. So thanks for tuning in. Hit the subscribe button. Follow me on Instagram. Send me a note. Love hearing from you. Again, be in this world, not of this world. Stay inspired. Keep doing you. 